Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 339 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from a beautiful day in Austin, Texas. And I'm going to do things a little bit differently with this episode. Three weeks ago, on October 23rd, we lost one of our Rogue community members, Larry Bright. He'd been a runner with us for 17 years and a coach for 10 years. He was 59 and sadly passed way too soon. And it's been a challenging three weeks or so processing his death within our community. And it's had a big impact on me, primarily because he had a big impact on me as both a colleague and friend and teammate, as someone I ran a lot of miles with. And as I've found when I lose someone close to me, part of making sense of their death is sharing what made them so amazing in life and hoping that by talking about him, it will have a small impact on others. And so the ripple effect can be much greater than the waves made by the challenges of of losing him too soon. And so I want to talk about Larry and what I learned from Larry in my time knowing him since about 2010. So I've known him for about 13 years personally. He's been our, in our community longer than that. And so I wanted to talk about seven things that I found inspirational about Larry that I think you'll find inspirational and that hopefully you can pick one or two things to potentially think about and apply in your own life so that we can make that ripple effect of his life even bigger than what it's already been in our community here in Austin. And so we'll get to that in just a second. Seven lessons from my friend, the late Larry Bright. Before I get there, quickly wanted to talk about my sponsor for this episode, John G. Run John G. They've been a partner of mine for over six months now, and this is an important time for you to know about them because they have a whole bunch of Black Friday deals over the next couple of weeks. And so if you're shopping in and around this Thanksgiving holiday, then go to johng.com because their entire site is 25% off. And if you signed up for their email list, you may get deals beyond that that could be even more. I got a deal in my inbox today for a tech pant for 35% off. So there's even bigger deals if you're signed up on their listserv. And so I would go encourage you to check out their stuff. Again, highly functional running apparel that supports great causes. 2% of all revenue goes towards supporting water, water projects all over the world. Great functional stuff that also looks good because it's designed with artists and cultures all over the world in mind. So if you're shopping between now and November 26th, then you can get 25% off site-wide with other deals beyond that coming here and there. If you're shopping outside of that window, you can always use my code for 15% off, Rogue15. You go to runjohnji.com or johnji.com and use the code R-O-G-U-E-1-5 for 15% off at any time. So go shop their Black Friday sale, or if you're listening after that window, then go use my code ROGUE15. So with that, I wanted to shift my conversation to talk about lessons from my friend, Larry Bright. Seven things that I find inspirational about the way he did life. The first one is that he was all about thriving in his running journey after 40. As I mentioned, he was 59 when he passed. He ran his first marathon at the age of 42. And between 42 and 59, he ran 40-plus marathons, including 15 Boston marathons, 
and the last 12 Bostons in a row. I love that part of his story because it is such a common one, at least that I see as a coach, is that a lot of people get into running later in life and then can really, really thrive as long as they're willing to put in the consistent work, regardless of age. I often talk about not letting age be a barrier or limiter or worrying about age, bringing that that slower pace to you at some point. Yes, that's true. Age changes us all. But I don't find it productive to use age as a limiter or to let age guide your expectations about performance because many people can thrive well into their 50s, 60s, and even 70s if they're willing to do that consistent work. And Larry was a perfect example of that. He got started later in life, first marathon, Dallas Marathon in 2006, and then went on to run 40-plus thriving at those those marathon distances, but really at all distances. His marathon PR was a 249 at CIM, but obviously he had a lot of Boston qualifiers as well and had success at all distances well into his 50s. And I think that's inspirational for all of us. It's certainly inspirational for me as someone who's 44 years old, because in many cases during the last 13 years of knowing Larry myself, I've been chasing him in many cases because he was often faster than me or ahead of me on training runs because of the way he attacked his running regardless of his age. And we'll talk more about, I think, some of the keys to his, his success as a runner as an, at an advanced age. But, but lesson number one for anybody who might be listening, if you're getting started later in your running journey, that's okay. There's still plenty to go get regardless of when you start. He started at 42, but I know many who start in their their 30s, their 40s, 50s, and even 60s or later and can continue to thrive because the beautiful thing about the aerobic system is that it doesn't really care what age you are when you start. You can develop it for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years of consistent work from whatever that starting age is. And so if you get started later in life, that means you can actually thrive into your later years and still continue to get better. Larry was certainly an example of that. And he never seemed to let age limit the dreams that he had. And so if that's helpful for any of you, whether you started later in life or maybe you're thinking about starting, or you have a friend who might be thinking about starting, His life is an example of no matter when you start, you can still accomplish big things if you're willing to do the work. So that's lesson number one from Larry is he was a runner who thrived after 40 and well into his 50s as well. Number two thing that I found inspirational about my friend Larry is that he was someone who just did the work. He didn't talk about doing the work. He just did the work. And in an age where it seems like, and I'm not critiquing this, but we live in an age where people have to talk about their work or talk about the things they're doing or share it on social media. And we're always looking for that validation. And there are certainly great things that come from that approach because many can be inspired by the work of others through platforms like Instagram. But there was something refreshing about Larry in that he never talked about it. He just did it. Actually knew he had done a bunch of Bostons, but I didn't know how many Bostons he had done until 
I was at his funeral and, and his family had brought his marathon medals to hang at the service. And I had to count the number of Boston's he had run 15 Boston, Boston medals, but he never talked about it. I mean, you knew he did it every year cause he was always there with the road crew. You knew he was there. You knew he was striving to qualify, but he didn't talk about it. He didn't brag about it. He just was someone who did the work, got the results and then went about his business. And that was inspirational for me because it's not necessarily about talking about it. It's about doing it. It's about getting your hands dirty, being willing to do all the little things as he often did and just going about your business. Didn't have to share it on Instagram in order to make it a worthy pursuit. And again, I'm not critiquing that. There's a lot of value in it. And for those that share that way, there's inspiration to be had there as well. But I have a, a special appreciation for his approach, which is a little bit different than many. And, and it was just about living by example, leading by example and living by example, showing others what it took to do the things that he did by just getting the work done. And that was paired with the humility of not bragging about his results. You never heard Larry brag about his results. He just didn't. So that humility was inspiring as well. So that's the number two lesson that I take from Larry's life is just do the work. You don't have to talk about it. Number three, switching gears just a little bit. I want to talk about Larry as a parent. He leaves behind three kids and a wife and his kids were a little bit older than mine. He was probably about six or seven years ahead of me in terms of having his kids. And when we were on runs, we would often talk about our kids. He would brag. He would brag about his kids' accomplishments, if not his own. And I would ask him as a father myself, I would say, hey, Larry, how, how do you navigate this? How do you guide your children? And he was somebody who was very involved with his kids, especially their activities, always supporting them. And he would talk about how, as a parent, it's not about telling your kids they need to do this or that. It's really about, especially relative to their interests, finding out what their interests are and then following them towards those things and supporting them in whatever way they need it to go be the best at whatever they wanted to do. His oldest son was an amazing athlete, played especially football and baseball, thrived in that way, and Larry was always supporting him in those pursuits. His two daughters were more artistic, including his oldest, who actually went to study design in New York collegiately, and he was always supporting her in those pursuits. And his younger youngest daughter was more artistic as well. So he would lean into his kids' activities, follow them where they wanted to go, and then be whatever they needed for support to be the best that they could be. And Larry had a high standard for himself and others, and so he would hold them to a high standard too, but in the most supportive way, at least from my vantage point and in our conversations. And so as a parent, he's somebody that, I looked up to and mirrored my own parenting after as I tried to navigate our three children. The other thing that was cool about him with his kids is that he would bring them 
to Boston. Every Boston marathon, he would actually fly one or two of them to New York first to go do a tour of New York. And then he would take the train with them to Boston to compete in Boston and let them experience that. And so it was always cool because he would bring his one of his kids or, or a couple of his kids to the rogue festivities so that they could be a part of it and see what that's about and be inspired by it. And his oldest son ran some to support his other sports, but none of them were really runners. But you could tell that he found it important to share his goals and pursuits with them in a way that would hopefully inspire. And I think it did. So that was always cool to see. And many times it meant him sacrificing his race in Boston so that he could walk around New York with them, show them the sights, and then walk around Boston with them so that they could have an experience outside of the marathon as well. And that was always pretty cool and inspiring to me as a parent. So lesson number three for Larry is that he was a good dad who really supported his kids and leaned into their interests in the best possible way. So that's number three. Lesson number four from my friend Larry. Focus on the little things. Focus on the little things. Larry was an engineer. That was his job. And as a result, he was very detail-oriented in all things, but certainly relative to his running. He was always doing every little thing to make sure he could maximize his performance. That started with strength training. He was very, very diligent about his strength training. I've said in the past couple of weeks that he was, he was like, a, had the, the physique of a Greek god with glasses and a hat. And that's really what Larry was. So he was really strong and was very diligent about strength training. He was also very diligent about his recovery, always drinking his recovery drinks, always doing little things from foam rolling to fueling properly to taking his easy runs easy. He was someone that took recovery very seriously. And obviously that's important, especially as we age. And he knew that. And so he did, did all the little things, did all the little things to make sure that he could be the best version of himself and stay healthy. And certain times he got injured and had challenges that he was facing from that perspective. But then you would see him do every little thing in rehab to try to come back and to come back stronger. Was very diligent about his pre and post run routines relative to staying healthy and to avoiding the injuries that he'd had in the past. And that was Larry. If he wasn't running in our community, he was sitting on the floor of our facility in Austin doing the little things to stay healthy and get recovered afterwards or before. So I take that as great inspiration, especially as someone who is aging myself and who needs to do the little things as I prep for the Houston Marathon. It's not just the running that matters. It's the other things. And I've been diligent about strength, trying to be as diligent as I can about fueling and sleep and the little extras that I need in order to keep the muscles working properly and stay healthy as I build towards this race. And I can take inspiration from Larry in doing that. So that's number four. Focus on and do. Be willing to do the little things for your performance as well. Number five. One thing I loved about Larry as someone who could come off as very serious. He was certainly serious about his goals. 
very serious about his work, he could also make fun of himself and laugh. He had a dry sense of humor. You might sense some sarcasm from him from time to time, but he's someone who didn't take himself too seriously and could make fun of himself as much as he could do the work to build himself up. And as someone personally who I think sometimes takes myself a little bit too seriously, who's very focused on trying to be diligent about all the things. Sometimes I forget to laugh, forget to make fun of myself, forget to enjoy and have a good time. And I think that's something that we can all take from Larry. It's like, yes, if you have big goals, that's amazing. That's serious. If you have to do the work, focus on it, get it done, do the work. But don't be afraid to make fun of yourself, to laugh a little bit, to have a good time, to lift others up through humor, dry or sarcastic or not, because that's what keeps life light and fun and playful and really helps sustain us through the serious stuff, through the hard work. And so that's something I always appreciated about Larry is he could laugh at himself. He could laugh at with others and could always crack a ride joke here and there to keep the training sessions light, even when we were working really hard and putting in big miles. So that's another lesson that I take from Larry is just don't take yourself too seriously. That was five. Number six, show up for others. Show up for others. Larry was somebody who was a great teammate as someone that I ran with. I ran with him a lot, trained with him a lot as a part of our group here, Team Rogue here in Austin. He showed up for others. He showed up to help support others in their workouts. He would pace you if you had something and he didn't. He would support you and trying to encourage you. I know at least for me as someone who isn't necessarily a morning person, when I showed up, when I show up for Team Rogue, he would always razz me and say, wake up, Chris, wake up to try to get me woken up and geared up to do the work that we had in front of us that day. He showed up for the crew. He showed up for us when we were at races. Larry was always out cheering and supporting, especially local races or any race that he could get to, he was going to be out there on the sideline cheering and supporting. And I was reminded about this from one of my teammates that he was out there at Zilker Relays, a race that I did, a relay race that I did in September, out there cheering, even though he was working through an injury and couldn't be racing himself. He was out there cheering for us, as he always was. The day before he died, he was out cheering at a local 5K and 10K called the Daisy Dash. And as a coach, he showed up for his athletes and he coached for about 10 years in our community and was somebody who showed up for those runners. He was present for them as a coach. He was present for them as a support system. He was present for them in all aspects of life, inviting them to Thanksgivings and, and supporting them around holidays, showing up for times when they needed it, if that meant assembling a playset for the kids or supporting in any other way. He was somebody that just did that. He would show up and he would support and he might ask for pizza and a beer as payback, but that's all he would ask for. And it was just always cool for me to see him showing up for others. And as a coach myself and really all of our coaches, I think we were all inspired 
by the great care that he took with the athletes that he supported in his group. We call him the Rogue Sparks. Larry's nickname, incidentally, was Lightning Larry. His group called the Rogue Sparks because he was the lightning that threw off sparks that really was what made that group go. And he was called Lightning Larry because he was fast, but also because he had a big personality. And when he was around, he was a lightning bolt of energy off quite often. So his group, got to give a shout out to the Rogue Sparks in, in South Austin because that is a close-knit group and Larry's fingerprints are all over it. So I was inspired by the way Larry showed up for others. Lastly, I found inspiration in the fact that Larry, even at 59, was still dreaming big, still had big goals. Those goals had evolved certainly over time. But he talked about wanting to try to break three hours at Boston when he was in his 60s so that he could place in his age group there. And so while his fastest marathon, his PR days were probably behind him, he was still thinking about how those goals evolved and morphed and still wanted big things from his running. And as somebody who's in that space at 44 and I don't know where my goals might be, It gives me hope to know that regardless of my age, I'll be able to dream big as he was and as others do. And those goals, again, may evolve, may change, may shift, but they're still big and worthy things to go chase regardless of the age on your birthday. And Larry was certainly an example of that. He was still dreaming big at 59 years old. He dreamed big at all of the ages that I knew him. And that was always inspirational for me. And it has me continuing to dream big as I chase the goals that I chase is I don't want to settle and I don't know where that's going to take me. As I've talked about on this podcast, I still have goals to try to take a stab at that 240 goal to get PRs in the marathon. And, and that's something I will put everything into right now. But there will be a time and a place where I'm not going to be able to chase that anymore. And, and so then it'll be about finding that next horizon to go chase. And that could mean age group placings. That could mean a whole lot of things. But there is an example of those goals evolved, certainly. But he still dreamed big. And more importantly, he was still willing to do the work to go get those goals regardless. And I can tell you a little bit after he passed, I had a long run in prep for Houston. I had a 20 mile long run with 10 mile progression in the middle of it. And I remember thinking as I was going into it that I was concerned about being able to execute the workout because it was a hot and humid day as it's been periodically here in the Austin fall. And it just, I was just dreading it. Didn't want to do it. I got into that workout, was running by feel and really about eight or nine miles, miles in, I thought about, quitting and cutting it short but then I thought about what Larry would do and I remembered that if I was running with Larry in that moment that he wouldn't let me cut the workout short he would tell me to grind through it no matter what the paces looked like and so that's what I did on that day he was that type of person he did the work he dreamed big and again as I said he didn't talk about it he just made it happen. And all of that was so, so inspirational. So there you go. My seventh lesson from the late, great Larry Bright. 
to recap those, number one, he was somebody who was all about thriving as a runner after 40, and you can too. Two, he did the work. He didn't talk about it or brag about it. He just did the work. Number three, he was inspirational as a father, as somebody who showed up for what his kids wanted and really followed their interest and then held them to a high standard around that by supporting them in the ways that he could. Number four, he focused on the little things. He did all the extras to stay healthy and strong, to chase his big goals. Number five, he didn't take himself too seriously. He was willing to laugh at himself and to make others laugh. Number six, he showed up for others in all sorts of ways. And number seven, he just kept dreaming big even as he aged. So I hope some of those lessons from Larry that I apply in my life might be relevant to you in your life. And as I wrap this episode, I wanted to say one last thing, which is that I know many of you strive in your running. That's why you listen to me as a running coach. You want to get faster. You want to get better. You want to dream big. You want to have goals as Larry did. And that is a worthy pursuit. Keep pursuing it. But there are times when life can be hard. And in this case, it was hard for me processing the news of Larry's death. And in those times, sometimes running isn't about striving or performing or doing the work. It's about deciding what you need from running in those windows, maybe setting aside your workout, maybe setting aside some mileage and just making running what you need on that given day. Running serves us. We don't serve it. And so there may be windows when life is stressful, when stuff happens that punches you in the gut and you need to morph. You need to change it. You need it to be what you need it to be on that day in order to take that next step forward in life. And so for me, as I was processing the news of Larry's death, that meant showing up for a workout a couple of days later and deciding not to do the workout. Instead, deciding to run easy instead because I was struggling to process it. And so it could mean skipping a run, not doing a workout, doing an easy run instead. Could mean going longer, could mean going shorter, could mean going faster, could mean going slower could mean running with others because you need that community and it could be running all on your own so that you can process things in that way. When you're going through a tough time in life, it's okay to step aside from your training plan and make running what you need it to be. And I did that a bunch of times in and around the news of Larry's death. And I would encourage you if you're facing something hard, whether that be something like this or stress at work or perhaps illness of a family member or bad news in some form or challenges in a relationship, whatever that may be, then just be present with your running. Think about what you need it to be. You don't have to be a slave to the schedule. You can adjust it. You can make it what you need it to be. Shorter, longer, faster, slower, alone, or with a group, whatever that looks like, listen to what you think you need and then go Do that so that running can help build you up and work through whatever challenge you might face. And I did that a few times around this loss, and it really made a huge difference in my ability to work through it. So 
With that, I'll wrap this shorter episode. I really appreciate you allowing me to take the time to share about my friend, the things I learned and were inspired by from Larry Bright. I hope it has a positive impact in your life and that Larry's ripple effect will extend well beyond those who knew him directly here at Rogue. So with that, we'll wrap this episode. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.